TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Ah, uh, yes. Hey, once again, I want to send this uh, song out to my buddy uh, Jeff Cook, who is the drummer for Back to the Bars. He turned me on to this song. And, uh, I, you know, being a semi-guitar player, you don't really fully appreciate how awesome a drummer can make a song sound. But, uh, my goodness, John Bonham was uh, simply amazing. Anyway, welcome to the show. Today, uh, David Bellavia did a phenomenal job analyzing the uh, military situation with uh, Hamas and Israel and some of the geopolitical ramifications of it. And I'm, I'm fully willing to uh, discuss uh, what you want to discuss along those lines as far as what is happening today and this uh, buildup of anti-Semitism, which I have addressed before, in particular with Europe, uh, because we've seen in both Eastern Europe and Western Europe in recent years uh, an explosion of anti-Semitic riots uh, and rhetoric, and it's rather disgusting. And back when you and I were growing up, depending on your age group, the expression, never again, was heard a lot, but just like the World War II veterans, um, we see a lot of our World War II Shoah or Holocaust survivors are no longer with us. So all we have are the stories of their children, their grandchildren, the uh, biographies like uh, All But My Life by Gerda Weissmann Klein, a lady I had a chance to know late on in her life and have some beautiful letters from her. Um, and there's a reason why uh, people like uh, Dwight Eisenhower and Omar Bradley made sure that the American photographers were brought to places like Dachau and Buchenwald. Uh, the, uh, the Auschwitz fell under the Soviet control. But they knew that down the line, people were going to say, ah, this, is, this was just wartime propaganda. This was BS. There was no Holocaust against the Jews just a total exaggeration used to establish the state of Israel. They knew that people would come along and say that. So they wanted it documented by the Allies uh, and at Nuremberg, the war crime trials, that these horrific events against humanity actually took place. And let us also not forget, too, <laughs> there have been genocides against Muslims. Um, you go back to... Uh, Richard the Lionhearted. You go back to Edward I, Longshanks from Mel Gibson's movie Braveheart. Well, in addition to going after the Scots uh, on his grave, he wanted uh, 
uh, Melorum uh, Hammer of the Scots on his uh, on his tombstone. Edward the First did. Not only did he not like the Scots very much, but he also gave the Jews uh, a horrible time. And that, unfortunately, in early history of Western Europe, you'll find that a lot of times that happened. Whenever a monarch got into trouble, what did the monarch do? The monarch would blame the Jews and expel them, but only after making sure that the money uh, stayed behind uh, and that it was confiscated. And that happened time and time again. And then, of course, uh, when things got a little bit um, unsavory uh, and poor in these countries, a century or so later, the new monarch would come in and say, hey, Jews, come on in. You're welcome to be here. And they basically gaslighted the Jews for centuries and centuries and centuries. Um, and here in the United States, very quickly, let me just make mention of the fact that um, for as sanctimonious as the United States happened to have been in the Nuremberg trials, and please don't misunderstand me, I absolutely believe the Nazis uh, should have been prosecuted for what they did against humanity, not just against the Jews, but Polish civilians and civilians in the occupied territories that the Nazis at one point had their jackboots over. Uh, but the United States had the opportunity to save thousands of Jewish lives. And you know what we did? We looked the other way. There is an infamous story involving a ship called the St. Louis. The St. Louis was loaded with European Jews who were trying to make it into North America. First stop, Cuba. Guess what? Havana didn't want the Jews. Second stop, the United States. I believe they also tried Canada before eventually going back to Europe. And most of the Jews, men, women, and children, on that ship, the St. Louis, ended up in the Nazi death camps. And we had every opportunity to save those lives, and we didn't. Oscar Schindler saved more lives than we did when it came to the SS St. Louis. And if you are of Jewish heritage and you are familiar with that story, this is not exactly breaking news to you, but you know that it happened. And yet after the war, we of course put on the white hat of sanctimony and pretended that, oh, anti-Semitism, well that was simply a, uh, that was a German thing. And um, it wasn't. It was very widespread in Eastern Europe. And I hate to say this because it's politically uh, not correct right now, but Ukraine, um, got news for you. During the Second World War, a lot of Ukrainians equated Bolshevism and communism with the Jews. And when the SS and the Einsatzgruppen uh, came in, they were more than happy to assist the Germans in rounding up and identifying their Jewish neighbors and one-time friends, sometimes because of greedy reasons. They wanted the land, they wanted the money, and sometimes out of old family fights and quarrels and arguments. Uh, but the, the bottom line is, look, anti-Semitism has a very, very long and putrid history. And I am embarrassed to say this, but the United States, although we did not set up death camp for uh, death camps for Jews, um, we did not do everything we should have done during the Second World War. And uh, I think it is to our tremendous discredit that we did not. And yes, that includes FDR because the buck stops at the presidential desk. And uh, FDR, gee, for a guy who was supposedly controlled by the Jews, um, he did not exactly break his back trying to rescue the Jews from the St. Louis. And uh, the same thing with uh, the U.K. 
there was a great deal of concern in the UK during the Second World War. Well, we don't want to be overrun by Jews. It's all in the history books. That's all real stuff that they don't teach you uh, in school. And in no way does that exculpate the Nazi ideology, what they did, uh, Vanse, the conference to quietly eliminate the Jews. It doesn't get the Germans off the hook. But you also have to realize that anti-Semitism was by no means exclusively a German thing. And in fact, if you go back to the eugenics movement, with which the Nazis uh, were very, very big on, you know where the genesis, uh, the, uh, do you know where that movement had its genesis? The United States. Eugenics. Very big on eugenics. The eugenics movement, for all intents and purposes, started in the United States. That is to say, selective breeding, the elimination of people who were thought to be subhuman, and basically uh, hungry mouths with no productivity. And uh, unfortunately, man's inhumanity to man uh, does not know any international boundaries. But what's happening today is appalling. How much of it is true, I do not know. Obviously, some of it is true. How much of it is true, I, I, I don't know. And one of the axiomatic things that one can state with, I think, accuracy is the first casualty of war is the truth. How much is going on right now and to whom, I don't know. We may never know. Um, but what I do know is the Israeli security people, Mossad and the people other than Mossad, they're going to have some serious questions that need to be answered because if what I've read in the New York Times is correct, they really dropped the ball big time. And there are some things that should have been picked up on, which apparently were overlooked by Mossad or the analysts. And you know, what have I told you before? One of the problems with gathering intelligence is, given the capabilities there are now for electronic surveillance and ground surveillance and all the other surveillance that is out there, is you become overwhelmed by information. There's such a thing as information overload, sometimes too many facts or too many stories can overwhelm the system. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. Uh, let's go to uh, Jeremy in uh, Lancaster. Jeremy, you are on WBEN. Welcome to the show, my love. Yes. Uh, I've called the station before. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's scary out there as a, as a Jew, but you have to carry yourself with pride. There's some places I won't go to now, uh, halal stores that I used to frequent. I won't go to the Walmart on Walden just because you, you you don't see too many of me, but you see a lot of people who may or may not uh, wish me harm. Well, I don't I, – uh, frankly, Jeremy, with all respect and love, I'd like to stay away from mentioning the names of any stores or locations because I don't want to okay. get into trouble. Um, may I, I – are you Jewish, Jeremy? Yes, Orthodox. Orthodox. So do you you wear the, the Orthodox garb, safe to say? Proudly, yes. Pro and, and then there's no reason why you shouldn't. And how, may I ask how old you are? I am 52. 
And in your brief time on this earth, and Jeremy, you have no idea how long in my life I've waited to say that, but in your brief time uh -huh. on this earth as a 52-year-old man, have you also noticed an increase in anti-Jewish rhetoric and behavior out there? Yes. Uh, a month or two ago, I was walking to a restaurant, and a young man of uh, Middle, uh, Middle Eastern descent uh, kept on calling me a murderer. And basically, I told them to get a life, but after this weekend, I don't know how I would have responded. Did you feel reasonably threatened that this person was about to imminently do you deadly physical harm or serious physical harm? Well, he was circling me on, my, on his bicycle. He, he was about six feet away. And uh, he was, I would say he's in his mid-teens, so I didn't take him too seriously. But he had a look in his eye, and he just kept on saying, I'm a murderer and whatnot. And, but I, I uh, went into the restaurant, kept an eye on my car through the window, got out of there. But, uh, but again, that's before all this stuff went down. So uh I... Uh, Jeremy, kind of a, a stupid question, but uh, did you call the police at all? No, no. I basically I was more frustrated because the they were t the restaurant was taken uh, along with my order, and I just wanted to get out of there. Mm, I, I understand that, but uh, basically, you were the victim not just of harassment, but of harassment which had a religious or racial motive to it. And I'm trying to find it on New York State penal law, but I believe that there are extra penalties that fall under uh, harassment under New York penal law when it involves a racial or religious minority. I'm trying to get verification of as to whether that is a, a state statute or a federal thing, but that kind of behavior can clearly not be tolerated whether the individual is a teenager or that individual is 47 years old because, I mean, you're just an ordinary guy who happens to be Orthodox Jewish. All you want to do is get something to eat and because of your Jewishness, your blatant Jewishness, you were made to feel uncomfortable. Had that ever happened to you before, sir? Uh, not too often. Uh, I once went, went into a store and I asked about a price for something, and uh, I was wearing a baseball cap at the time, and the guy uh, said, don't worry, I'm not going to try to Jew you. And right at that moment, my shirt opened up, and there's my star, David. You know what I mean? <laughs> and the look on the dude's face was? Uh, he, he didn't say anything else. <laughs> the transaction was completed. Uh, I, well, I don't know, if, Jeremy, I don't know if you remember this, but we had a guy on the air at the old sports station, which is now the new sports station, named uh, Jeff Morrison. And uh, Jeff was Jewish. And there was one day, and I knew he was, I knew where he was going with this, but this goes back 30, maybe 35 years ago. And a couple of times, Jeff said, well, they're trying to Jew me down, or they're trying to Jew him down. And I knew it was going to happen. A caller called in and said he was just, he was irate. And I understood why he was irate. He said, I'm Jewish, and I can't believe you're saying these things on the radio. 
and Jeff heard him out, heard him out, heard him out, and then he said, I mean, the guy, Jeff set him up perfectly. He said, sir, I don't know how to break the sorry news to you, but I'm also a Jew. And the silence was absolutely deafening for a moment, but then the guy came back at Jeff and said, well, you should know all the better how insensitive that is and why you shouldn't say that. Now, as a radio guy, and, and keep in mind, we're going back decades ago, as a radio guy, I thought, Jeff, well played. But today, timing is everything. That would not have gone over real well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and, and it's such, I mean, and by the way, that whole concept of, quote, Jewing somebody down is so bigoted and it's so hateful and it's so untrue. We're all looking for the best bargains and you can negotiate anything. Sorry, but you can. Uh, I'm sorry that you had to go through what you had to go through, but in the future, if that happens, and look, if you're Muslim, mm. if if somebody's Muslim and somebody is circling around you on a bicycle saying, terrorists, 9-11, you hate my people, you, you should call the police because that kind of harassment should not and ought not to be tolerated because we saw on May 14th, a couple of years ago, the culmination of that kind of hatred and what it can lead to and how ugly it is. And I, I hope that that young man gets something of an education. You know, it's like, where, where are Meyer Lansky yeah, and Ben hope. Siegel when you need them? Yeah, we can only hope. Well, I mean, it's got to be legal retaliation. It can't be illegal because that only helps the anti-Semites cause um, did you, I mean, as a lifelong Orthodox Jew, did you ever think it would come to that in the United States of America? Because oh, yeah. you did think, why did you think so? It, it's not a matter of if it will happen, but when will it happen? It's, uh, see, what's funny, it's like the last caller, and I, he's not here to defend himself. I'm not putting him down or anything. But you get it from all ends, even well-meaning people, like uh, some, some not all, but some Christian evangelists see it as part of their prophecy, and they try to be good to us. For example, I was at a local donut shop, and the Christian paid for my uh, dozen donuts because I was, quote-unquote, part of his uh, good news. And I'm just thinking, okay, I didn't want to be rude. <laughs> but— it's it's like some people want to glom onto us, uh, and it's you know even when even well-meaning people, but it's it, it's just an odd relationship because for example, there's a, uh, a I won't say the name of the store, but there's a famous uh, local department store, and you know they'll have a thousand things for the Christmas section, and I asked where's the Hanukkah stuff. Didn't have a chip on my shoulder. I just wanted to buy some Hanukkah cards. Right. And uh, they said, oh, we think it's in the uh, office supply section. And sure enough, in the office supply section, there's a five-item Hanukkah selection in the office. So office. And some years, the same store said, I said, where's the Hanukkah stuff? And they said, oh, we're not doing that this year. (laughs) That's. But, uh. 
I'd like to believe I'd like to believe it's because sh- uh, store shelf space is so limited and it's hard to get things on shelves, especially grocery stores. But yeah, that has to be very very frustrating for you. I mean, if it, uh, I got my menorah very very easily at a local grocery store, and although I don't practice oh, yeah. any. Although I do not practice any religion because DNA, I am part Jewish, Sephardic, and Ashkenazi. I like to respect that part of my family um, lineage. It's important to me. And I also have relatives who are in Turkey and the Islamic states. Go figure. Yes, yes. See, to me, it's uh, Hanukkah is not a big holiday. No. I do celebrate it. So I wasn't... Oh. I was just—I just thought of it as more tone deaf than. Uh, and if, and if I, if I if I think if I'm thinking of the same uh, grocery store you're referring to, they've always had a better that that store has the best selection. Well, you know what? What you might do—you yeah. uh, sound like you've got the diplomatic tact to be able to do this. You might send a letter to the manager of that place and say, "Look, I'm not trying to be that guy, but we are a heterogeneous society." A little more sensitivity would be nice. I got to move on, Jeremy. Thank you. Oh well, you have a great day. I will. Thank you. Anybody else have similar uh, experiences? I mean, that's got to be horrible. Uh, on News Radio nine thirty WBen. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medela, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome, loves. It is Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. I am hoping that uh, Medal of Honor recipient David Bellavia has a few moments to uh, check in with us uh, at some point uh, today. He did uh, his obviously uh, awesome job discussing the Israel Hamas situation between uh, 10 and 2 today. And uh, the interest level uh, of you guys, I, I, I was, frankly, I was kind of surprised by it. And it was a very outstanding discussion. And David obviously is great at talking about the uh, intelligence component, the PSYOP component, and the uh, kinetic warfare component of that whole region with which he has a great deal of uh, personal familiarity. And uh, David made it very clear during his show 
and he has repeatedly. Uh, and and David is not got to understand. David does not pander any more than I pander. And it's like sometimes when you do this for a living and you say nice things about groups you aren't supposed to like if you're on the right, um, you get accused of pandering to those groups. But uh, the fact of the matter is, look, I know David Bellavia personally, and uh, David Bellavia had his life saved by Muslims when he was in Iraq. True story. David has talked before about the hoops that he helped his translator get through as the translator made his way from over there back into or to the United States to gain his citizenship because he proved his loyalty to the United States. I think the guy was a former uh, Republican Guard guy with the Iraqi uh, army back in the uh, bad old days. But David uh, obviously has very strong pro-Israel feelings, as I do. And uh, David also has feelings that are absolutely against any blind hatred of Muslims. Uh, he's not real big on Islamo-fascists any more than I am. And, you know, the, the situation with the uh, Muslims, I mean, you know, we, we talk, not, not to get too much into history here, and I'm trying to keep it away from the biblical stuff, if that's okay with you all, but um, the... The genocide situation, unfortunately, um, genocides have been taking place ever since humanity has been on this earth. And in recent history, in your lifetime, there have been countless genocides in various African nations, tribal warfare, warfare over control, over power, over who runs what, over who gets the skim from the diamond mines, the blood diamonds, the gold mines. Um, and it's obviously a terrible thing, no matter who the victims happen to be. It's just, it's inhumane, it is savage, it is dreadful. The Muslims um, went through terrible genocide in the 1990s. Um, certainly you're familiar with uh, uh, the Bosnian situation. Uh, we had a guest on this program, Amina Milonik, who is very much a conservative, very much a Muslim, uh, who saw members of her own family. Uh, the victims of genocide, and certainly genocide against the Jewish people, uh, which unfortunately is something that happens almost on this cyclical basis, and it's been happening almost since the beginning of time. I mean, you can go back to Pharaoh and the Egyptians, and you can walk yourself up all the way through Hitler and Hamas and the various uh, turning of a blind eye by the so-called allies during the Second World War. Um, the U.K. and the United States and other nations for all of their, hey, aren't we the good guys in the white hats after the Second World War? When you analyze the opportunities the United States had to reduce the death toll, um, it, it's not a real good record. And I mentioned before the steamship St. Louis. We had the opportunity to save thousands of people, and we did not. The Brits had the opportunity to save thousands of people. And there was a great concern among the so-called good guys that somehow their nations were going to be Jewified by all of these Jews coming in, especially those Jews from Eastern Europe, which, by the way, um, I talked a little bit about some of the Jewish self-hatred that goes on, which I've never understood. But I, I talked earlier about 
the schism between, for example, Roman Catholics and Protestants, which still, believe it or not, in the United States in 2023 is out there. It's a real thing. There are Protestants who say some very nasty things about Catholics. There are Catholics who say some very nasty things about Protestants. And unfortunately, that too has gone back centuries and centuries. You go back to Henry VIII, the big fat king with all the wives. I'm Henry VIII, I am. Um, Henry VIII was... um, I don't even know where to begin with Henry VIII, but when he basically said... Okay, we're done with the Roman Catholic Church. From now on, we are the Church of England. And guess who I'm going to put in charge of the Church of England? That would be me, King Henry VIII. And it goes back even further than that if you want to talk about the um, the the power struggles of the Middle Ages between the Roman Catholic Church and the British monarchy. Um, you might have heard the name at some point, Thomas A. Beckett. And at one point, he was great friends with the King of England, a guy by the name of Henry II. And then uh, uh, Thomas A. Beckett's first loyalty was to the church. So when Henry II said to Thomas A. Beckett, you are my boy, you're my man, he had no idea that Thomas A. Beckett was all about the church. And once he became the head of the church in England, guess who his new enemy was? His new enemy was the king. Henry II. And the story goes, and again, this has nothing to do with anti-Semitism as much as it does uh, to do with a schism between the church and government and various factions within even Christianity between Roman Catholics and uh, the Protestant denominations. That's what this is illustrative of. But at one point, uh, Henry II uh, in French apparently told a bunch of people at court is there not one of you who will rid me of this upstart priest? And then the uh, knights went to, I believe it was Canterbury, and murdered Thomas A. Beckett, who refused to run for shelter, refused to run for cover, and uh, they basically mutilated the poor man, scattered his brains on the floor and said, well, this priest isn't going to be a problem anymore. And Henry II felt so guilty about what he had done to his former friend, Thomas A. Beckett, that he went to the abbey and he allowed himself as king to be scourged by the monks and the religious folk at the abbey uh, at which Thomas A. Beckett had been, uh, had been murdered. But that murder of this man who was standing up for the church against the encroachment by the monarchy in Great Britain um, was one of the most heroic stories to come from that era. And also, if you think about the uh, the whole situation, this see, these, these are relevant points because, look, I believe very strongly in God. I do not believe in any specific denomination or any specific religion. Without turning this into a religious show, I'm just telling you where my biases happen to be. Strongly believe in God, very strongly. But any specific religion, um, it, it loses me because I don't know which one is right. I don't know which ones are wrong. I, I, I don't have a clue. But every time I look out the window and I see a cloud or I see the sun or I see a blue sky or a sunset, I think, how can there not be a God? 
I see all these little critters walking around. The, the common ant, the grasshopper, the spider. How can there not be a god? Look at the intricacy of what these little critters are able to do. It's nothing short of remarkable. But <clears throat> um, getting, getting back to it, um, the animosity, the criminal animosity, which took place in what we would call England, were uh, the, the animosities were just absolutely, um, they were beyond horrible. Um, I mentioned the murder of Thomas A. Beckett. And Henry VIII, the jolly fat king, uh, who promised such great things to his people, turned out to be a stark, raving, sex crazed lunatic who not only had a number of his wives executed or divorced on very spurious grounds, but he also robbed the Roman Catholic Church absolutely blind and dissolved the monasteries and basically ripped off all of their money. So even within the so-called Christian world, you'll find some acts of absolute savagery which have taken place between people who technically would have called themselves Christians, but they sure didn't act like it. And today, with what is going on in Israel, um, it, it, it's, it, it, in 2023, for us to be bearing witness to this is remarkable, and I don't mean that in a good way. I mean that in a very, very grisly way. And if you were the president of the United States right now, what would you do to handle the situation? And have you noticed an increase in the United States in anti-Jewish um, comments on social media, comments among your friends? Are you Jewish? And maybe you're like the guy who called in before, Jeremy, and you are Orthodox, and you, you, you dress in the Orthodox fashion. Have you taken crap like Jeremy, where a dude, a young man, surrounds you on a bicycle and keeps calling you a murderer, a murderer? I mean, who wants to live that way? That is not acceptable, and it is harassment, and I do believe, but consult with a lawyer, that when you start introducing those kinds of terms, it then escalates from ordinary harassment into a hate crime. You can't do that stuff. We don't want that stuff in America, and we don't want it against Muslims, and we don't want it against Christians, and we don't want it against Jews. That's not what this country is all about. And if that is on the upswing, and you've personally seen it, I would I would like to know, um, because if it is, it has to stop, and it, it, it must be rigorously stopped. Uh, we can't have that in the United States. 803-0930, star 930, and 1-800-616-WBEN. Obviously, we're watching what is going on in Israel, between uh, Israel and Hamas, and these horrible stories of Israeli troops slain in their beds by Hamas soldiers, if you want to call them that, reports of babies being murdered, even to the point of decapitation. Um, how much or how many of these reports are true, how many of the reports are examples of the truth being the first casualty of war, I do not know. Um, I don't doubt that things like this have happened. To what degree, I do not know. And I also know that historically, and I'm not saying this is the case here, but I do know that historically, within many of our lifetimes, 
There have been people who have testified under oath as to atrocities uh, to try to get the United States into a war, and later on we find out that the atrocities didn't happen or were greatly uh, exaggerated and hyperbolized, kind of like the Iraqi soldiers ripping Kuwaiti babies off of incubators. Um, that was not a true story. It came out later that was actually propaganda. World War I, German soldiers bayoneting Belgian babies and roasting them alive. Not, not real. That didn't really happen. Did the Germans commit atrocities? Absolutely they committed atrocities. And quite frankly, in a war, everybody commits atrocities. War is an ugly, horrible thing. And unfortunately, our people are no different than any other people in terms of uh, atrocities. You remember the running theme in Band of Brothers about, well, wait, he gave them cigarettes and uh, then he executed them? Um, you remember the scene from Saving Private Ryan where the Czech soldiers were trying to say we're Czechs, we're not Germans, and uh, our guys, and again, it's a movie, our guys killed them. Uh, I washed my hands for supper, look. Let's go to uh, Frank in uh, Williamsville on uh, WBEN. Frank, you are on. Welcome to the show, my friend. Tom, who was that? Yeah, Sergeant Spears or whatever that killed all those German guys? Uh, for, I forgot. One of them was I forget the from Minnesota. I forget the guy's name in 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 the show. Great, great, great show, Tom. The, the, the Israelis in no way are going to let the, the Hamas folks benefit in any way at all from these hostages. And it, 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 trying to get them, it, it, it's just a moot point to get them all spread all, all over the place. There's no way they're going to be able to find where they all are and free them. So as far as I can see it, they're going to be, lay, lay down to the lay, lay down the law to these Palestinian folks and the Hamas folks and say, look at. You don't give us the hostages back by the end of the week. We're going to destroy your everything that you hold dear to you is going to be melted in the glass, and, 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 we're, and we're, that's, that's all there is to it. I, I can't see them negotiating with them for land or for, for, for any kind of uh, uh, you know money or whatever it would possibly be missiles or anything um, to get these people back. And they're just going to have to say, "Look, at, we tried, but we, we can't. They're too spread all, all over the place. We just have to go wipe out Hamas." As, as they stand right now, and we're not going to deal with them. Otherwise, they're, just, I can't, they're not. Going to, they've never have negotiated with with terrorists for for for, for prisoners. Have they? Or maybe I'm wrong about that. Well, there was an attempt, if you remember, the 1972 massacre of the Israeli athletes. But yes. those those negotiations were conducted by a very incompetent West German government. Um, and the Israelis, I think, behind the scenes were involved. But the plan was never to give the terrorists what they wanted. The plan was to lure the terrorists to the airport, get them out of an area of highly concentrated population. And, uh, frankly, the West German Polizei dropped the ball big time in that whole scenario. And it's easy to say, well, back in 1972 they made mistakes. But, hey, in 1972 we were a long way from functional night vision goggles uh, and the ability to use microwaves uh, or lasers, rather, to uh, bug the inside of something by shooting the beam at a window and being able to listen to everything that was going on inside the chopper. The technology we have today, I don't know that 1972 could have happened. But the, you're, you're right about the Israeli position. They did not negotiate. The West German government did. did they had the uh, sovereignty of that area. I just feel like it's for, – for the barbarism that they showed over the weekend – how can you even negotiate them with them at all? I mean, you know, it's just 
the only thing that can be done with them is that they be, they be delivered to, from, the, from the face of the earth violently and, and, and as fast as they can. I mean, how else? There's no way they're going to get those people back. As much as a public relations nightmare that it's going to be, people think that they gave, they gave up on the citizens or whatever. Well, Frank, I hold, hold under- on. I, I would like to talk to you further about this, uh, if that's okay, because you make an excellent point. And one thing you might keep in mind is. Uh, the Israelis, and I mean this as a compliment, don't don't take this for other than what it is, the Israelis are like elephants or your first wife when it comes to having a memory that will not ever uh, be erased. And it might not happen now, it might not happen in five years, but eventually, whoever's responsible for this, we're going to find out that uh, crotch rocket motorcycles mysteriously pulled up alongside the car and dispatched the individuals inside. Um, they've done it before, and they're going to do it again. When? Who knows? But the Israelis are not going to forget. It is, uh, especially, keep in mind, Mossad has been embarrassed by this. You think they're going to forget? No. Those kinds of people do not forget. They get even. Uh, it is Bowerly for Rosex Vacuums. And uh, I'm going to talk to David Bellavie in a little bit here on WBEN. Um, it is Bowerly. We pass on a lot to our loved ones from generation to generation, like heirlooms and treasured music collections, even classic cars. But the most important thing we pass on is what we've learned over the years. Sometimes your kids might actually listen to you. For 20 years, Rosex has been a proud promoter of SIBO vacuums, S-E-B-O. And I know because I was there at the beginning when I got mine. A generation later, Tom Rosek and his team, they're starting to see that the next generation is coming in to pick up a trusted SIBO of their own. I guess kids do eventually listen to what you have to say. But the SIBO that we all bought all those years ago, it's not the only SIBO uh, there is, and certainly they're even better now than what they were, and they've always been great. What you're going to get now with a SIBO vacuum is something even better. SIBO, uh, that's S as in Sierra, E-B-O has only improved over the years with longer and stronger warranties. Not many industries can say that. So whether you need a vacuum like what I've got, the SIBO, or another quality machine, let the team at Rosex specify a vacuum and fit one to your specific needs. The Rosex showroom is in the Sheridan and Sweet Home Plaza, Amherst, or McKinley, across from Monroe Muffler, Hamburg. Rosex Vacuum, R-O-S-I-E-K, apostrophe S. Tell them Bowerly sent you to Rosex. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 